Um, Home Slice is hot as hell. <laughs> like, what? I don't think he's a real person because I just don't think they make people look like that because he's just... <laughs> Welcome back to Movie Rampage. This is episode three. Uh, We've actually gotten back to whole numbers, uh, which is great news. You've got uh, uh, Tim here and joining me once again, my co-host, Lizzie. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Tim. How are you tonight? I am so excited to talk about Thor. Oh, so am I. So am I. I think this is going to be a great episode. We've been talking about this a lot. We were talking about it before, during, and after recording uh, uh, Random Chatter, and we've been talking about it on Twitter, we've been texting about it, and, and yeah, it's been it's been such a, a fun movie, and we're really excited about it. Good, good stuff going on. So this is November 8th. Uh, this is a Wednesday, so Thor just came, opening weekend for Thor was just this past weekend, and uh, so yeah, there's still a lot of hype going on about it, and, and good, good stuff. Um, before we jump into it, a couple of quick network updates, because we do have some good things going on here at Random Chatter. Of course, we, we have uh, the Random Chatter show, which Liz and I are on with Lou. Please make sure that you check that out if you're not already a listener. We cover all sorts of movie and TV things. Uh, Echo Base, uh, which is our Star Wars podcast, that is me uh, again with Lou, and uh, Eric has rejoined us over there. Uh, we have Real Quick Reviews which is a fun new show, a very short format movie review show, non-spoilery. So we're talking like five to ten minutes, and it could be any host across all of Random Chatter Network. So uh, like this weekend, I plan on going to see Murder on the Orient Express. going to go see that on Friday with my, with my family. Uh, so probably like Friday night or Saturday morning, I will jump on, I will do one of these, uh, one of these reviews. And we'll get it thrown up there. Um, I think Eric is also planning on going to see it. And he's going to do one of these too. So you might get a couple different perspectives. I know Liz is excited about the movie. So she goes out to see it. Maybe she'll record one. Um, these could be new movies in the box office. These could be things that maybe just come out on uh, on digital. Uh, I will tell you, Liz, I am I cannot wait for Atomic Blonde to come out on, on disc. Mm. It's on digital download already. Yeah, digital download came out like a week ago, I guess. Um, I like to have, you know, the actual physical disc. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to, to to getting that and watching it again. And I'll do a, a real quick review on that. And yeah, so it could be really any movie, maybe even some TV shows, streaming stuff, whatever, and any host. So you kind of don't know what you're going to get. The same thing might get reviewed two or even three times by different hosts. You'll get some different perspective, kind of kind of a fun thing. And we also have our Random Chatter weekly review uh, new show has has come back. And that is a another short format show, five to ten minutes, just kind of covering real quick every week news that happens to, to come out. Sometimes it's stuff that Liz and Lou and I might cover in Random Chatter that we'll have a discussion on. 
Um, other times not, but it's just kind of real quick entertainment stuff that, that we're throwing out there. And we have some other new shows that we're still kind of in discussion on. We're gathering up hosts. We're, we're trying to, to figure some of these things out. So uh, just wanted to throw that out up front and do a little bit of promotion for the network and, and the things that we have going on. But with that, as Liz mentioned, we're talking Thor Ragnarok in this episode of Movie Rampage. Uh, our, our normal spoiler warning applies. Like I said, this is just we're recording this just a few days uh, after opening weekend. So if you have not gone out and seen Thor, you should probably pause this, go to the theater. I have no idea why you haven't seen it yet. Seriously, people. What's wrong with you? Go. <laughs> go see it at least once. And then come back and, you know, press play. I mean, like, actually listen to this while you're driving back home from the movie theater. Ooh, that's a good uh, see, choice. See? I support that. So, yeah, we're going to get into all sorts of good stuff. So our, our normal spoiler warning here does apply. We are going to get into details. Uh, we are spoiler rampant in this because we are going to talk about absolutely freaking everything in this movie. All the things. Absolutely. Real quick, uh, ratings. How did Thor do? Thor, like before it even hit the theaters, was was rating really, really high on on Rotten Tomatoes. It was up. What was it up to, Liz? Like ninety seven or ninety eight? Yeah, you posted an article that was something like that. Yeah, so really high. This thing trended very high before it even released. So this was just from the uh, the reviewers who got early screenings. It kind of in uh, last week, so the first week that it came out. It, it dialed down a touch, but we're still holding at 93% from Rotten Tomatoes. That is certified fresh. That is like top notch. There are really very, very few movies that, that do higher than that. That's that's pretty incredible. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 90%, uh, which is fantastic. And on IMDb, we're looking at uh, an 8.2 out of 10. So 82%. So good. You know, pretty high. I would have expected a little bit more. But all in all, I mean, just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, let's see. Opening weekend on this. Uh, and we talked about this, uh, some of this stuff in Random Chatter. Thor Ragnarok did uh, about $121 million opening weekend. This made it the 17th straight number one opening for a Marvel Studios movie. Not shocking at all. straight. I, have there been more than 17 MCU movies, Liz? Uh, I'd have to I don't, I don't count. <laughs> I don't even know, but I mean, that kind of sounds about right. I, I Liz is counting. I see she's, there's fingers up. She's counting. It's got to be 17 then. I'm yeah. Talking. Yeah. I'm going to go with 17. Yeah. And 17th straight. So, I mean, that doesn't even mean that there was like one in the middle that didn't do well. This is the 17th straight one. Fourth best debut of 2017, which isn't saying a whole hell of a lot. Considering the 2017 box office has sucked. Overall. Yeah, we can't give it that um, much for there. <laughs> yeah, but it's in good company. Uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, still holding number one for 2017. Um, and that was what? February, March. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was in the spring. Um, and It, which which was here in the fall. So, um, you know, Thor Thor pulled in, in fourth on this. So that's that's really good. That's good stuff. Liz. I'm sorry, I'm still counting. 17 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I went back to counting. Sorry. <laughs> Liz, I need you to vomit the contents of your heart and mind on <sighs> Thor Ragnarok right now. Go. Okay. Well, I saw it opening 
day, Thursday, so the day before opening day, um, at, with out in California, I was out there visiting my niece and nephew, and we went as a family to go see it. They're both the twin 11-year-olds, and it was their first Marvel movie in the theaters, which they were very excited about. Um, and we had just, we had actually just watched Thor 1 and 2 in prep, and so we were, like, fully caught up and prepared. I explained to them basically everything that happened in the MCU in between, like Avengers 1, which they've seen, but not in order. Um, Avengers okay. Age of Ultron, um, you know, how Civil War kicks off le- letting, like, leaving Thor and Hulk out of the picture, which basically leads us right into Thor Ragnarok of the two of them having a buddy film together, which is sort of perfect. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved it with every fiber of my being. Um, and I went to see it again last night. Because I loved it so much, and um, <laughs> I just, I read on Twitter a lot of response of, like, it was too much, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, like that was at all, like, a de- detractor for the movie. I feel like that really helped Thor out a lot, because I mm-hmm. think Thor 1 and 2 are so highbrow Shakespearean, especially Thor 1 when you're looking, well, Thor 2 as well, but Thor 1 is directed by Kenneth Branagh, and he's, he's, Shakespeare, you know, like, he's the Shakespeare dude. He's so good at that. So he really brings that, like, British, just crisp, like, crispness to Thor. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, having watched this, I wish it had been humor all around because Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. And I feel like we've missed out on that. And I don't know how you feel about Thor, but I was always, I love the Avengers. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I have been since Iron Man 1. Um... But Thor was always like, you know, I love Chris Hemsworth. I love everything that he does. And it's like, but Thor, the character, I never was like, he's my favorite. Um, Cap is my favorite. And then all the others. And then Thor eventually down there. But now, like, he is catapulted up very high on my list. But above Tony Stark, which is saying something. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm, that is saying something. That's that's pretty impressive. It's amazing what a haircut can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you don't know what we mean cuz it's barely been a while, but <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> been a while since I've never had a seen Tim, he's bald. So, you know, that's a mean joke. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I was so pleased um Jeff Goldblum obsessed with him. I need a moment of silence for how obsessed with him I was. Um <laughs> He's so funny. I just, I love the tone. I love that they went in a different direction. I read that a lot of things, a lot of moments were ad-libbed in it. Um, uh, Taika, Taika, Tati, sorry, I messed it up. Taika Watiti is the director, and he really allowed Chris Hemsworth to go off book and, like, do his own thing, which it speaks volumes it to what he can do and what he presented here in the film. So, yeah, so happy with it. It clearly worked. It clearly worked. Yeah. Plus, he played Korg, the rock, the blue rock monster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My other new favorite character of all time. Plus, oh, Korg was fantastic. He was so funny and just like literal, very, very Draxy. So I can see how people might think that that's a little bit Draxy, but in a completely different way. And I just think that like yeah. you can't have enough of that if, as long as it's well, well done. You know what I mean? The thing about Drax is that Drax takes things literally and Drax doesn't seem to have a lot of worldliness. Korg, Korg did not. Korg is just very dry and and 
flat in his mannerism, but he's knowledgeable. He knows what's going on out there. He doesn't take things so literally. He's so funny. And, <laughs> oh, and so funny. And it's and that's the the slightly high pitched voice and the flatness to it. That's what like as soon as he starts talking, you see this giant rock beast. Which once in a while, little pebbles fall off. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I mean, he was Korg was this great unexpected little bit of comic relief. I mean, we got to see more of 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 Thor being funny in this, which was great. Um, Jeff Goldblum, you expect his quirkiness to come out in that. I mean, anything he does, Jeff Goldblum gets cast as Jeff Goldblum. It's it's that's how I felt. Yeah, it doesn't matter what character you put him in; that only tweaks him a little bit. He's still very Jeff Goldblum. He's Jeff Goldblum, Um, the scientist. Jeff Goldblum, (laughs) the emperor, or whatever. Yeah, and they all overlap. You know, there's there's still enough overlap in there, and at the center of it is Jeff Goldblum. Not like a he's not a method actor where he's like getting in the skin of another person. Not that he probably couldn't, but it's just he's like actors from like the forties. Like Cary Grant was always Cary Grant. Like you're not gonna not gonna get Cary Grant to be himself in a movie. He just was. He's screwbally Cary Grant, and that's what I love about Cary Grant. He's my favorite actor of all time. So to see that in Jeff Goldblum just being like they were just like here's a costume Jeff, but like it doesn't matter because you're just you. (laughs) Like there's one part. There's one part where I feel like it was just Jeff Goldblum in the moment doing his thing, and it's when he's wheeling forward towards Thor, and he's just, like, snapping and tapping his foot. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, there's no way they wrote that in the script. Oh, yeah. It's so odd and offbeat and, like, has nothing to do with anything else whatsoever. He's just (laughs) there doing – it's like Jeff Goldblum in the – what was he in commercials for, for, like, Hotels.com or something, wasn't he? And it, like it's that. the same guy. It's yeah. the same character that he was playing. It's it's that's what's so funny about it. He's just uh, he just elevated it. And you know the other thing I really liked about it, whereas they the tension of a moment in the other Thor movies just continues and continues and continues until it's resolved. Whereas yes. every time there was tension, they broke it with a joke. Like what? Yeah. when he's spinning around in the very beginning, talking to the the big fire monster. The Ragnarok, oh, yes, the guy that's yes. been- <laughs> Oh, yeah, and on the chain. Yes, he and he's like, up, yeah. um, hold on, I'll hey, be right back. Hey, hey, hold hang on. Hang on a second. <laughs> hang on. Give me a minute. I'm not even doing this. I'm not even doing this. <laughs> I can't. I-, <laughs> I just love that. I love that tone. Like, I, what I've always said about Marvel movies is they have, they take things seriously. They really give you a lot of grit and a lot of like real issues, but then they are able to so effortlessly break that with humor and, and comedy. That you just, like, you walk out knowing, like, oh, yeah, Coulson died at Avengers, but I laughed my ass off. You know what I mean? exactly. And same with this. You know, like, there's some, there's a lot of, like, moments in there. uh, You know, a lot of issues, stuff with Loki and Thor that were really deep and amazing. And, like, you know, losing losing Odin. I thought that was such a beautiful scene on the, you know, in Norway with Loki and Thor. And just um, a moment that they let hang. Oh, and they did. It's it's it was there for you know a, a heartbeat longer than you expected it to be, but it wasn't too long. It made it very. It gave a lot of gravity to that moment before everything and, hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then suddenly Hella shows up, and it's like, 
wow, the the whole freaking at that point, then the world just you you think their world turned upside down from their father dying, and then now Hella shows up and shit's really gone crazy. Well, and also so, to add the layer, I love how they added the layer of like Hella knowing Odin in a different way that really enhanced the relationship between Thor and Loki. Yeah. To be able to have common ground because they didn't know him that way, you know. And so to yeah. sort of rebuild the the, repra- the relationship between Thor and Loki coming out of Thor 2 after Loki's faked his death and gone back and taken yeah. over the throne of Odin and sent Odin off to where we know New York. I love that relationship through this whole movie between Thor and Loki. It was like a freaking roller coaster. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, Th- Thor's ready to smack him down over hey you've been portraying yourself as odin for however long and now i figured out that it's you and oh by the way what did you do with dad then you have this little doctor strange interlude which i thought was fantastic it was the perfect way to bridge doctor strange for his first foray into you know being with the rest of the gang I loved that. I loved that they did that, especially going into Infinity War. We know they're going to have to bridge all of these gaps, put everybody together. And so to start building those pieces, we're going to see a little bit more of that in Black Panther. But like, I thought that that was wonderful. And you can't go wrong with Dr. He's hilarious, Dr. Strange, too, in a a very different way. Yeah. So after Thor and and Strange talk and they figure out, okay, this is what we're going to do and and Dr. Strange says, okay, I'm going to send you, you know, to your father. He's in Norway, Norway waiting for you. And Thor says, oh, yeah, where, where's Loki? And, and then Dr. Strange opens the portal minutes. back up and he, he hits the floor. I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> 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 Laughed my ass off. I mean, Th- Loki, oh has, my gosh. Loki has long time been a fan favorite. And like just from the very beginning, um, well, I mean, maybe not for the because when I was going back and watching Thor one, I was like, it really wasn't until Avengers where I feel like he really became this like, you know, what Tom Hiddleston really broke into being like charming he villain. Figured the character out, yes, yeah. Because he's, I mean, he's still himself in one, but he's so subdued and sort of back behind the Warriors three and Lady Sif and like sort of he's a part of the group, but you know that there's more for him. And then Avengers is really when he. And uh, and to be honest, he's the best part of Thor too, which is not a very strong oh, movie absolutely. for me. Um, but the Loki Thor relationship is really enhanced in that movie. And then, of course, this mm-hmm. one where it's the best it's ever been. Um, uh, and like just the, even the like subtle moments of like when he comes, Loki keeps coming to visit him and he's not there. And then at the very end, <laughs> when he expects him not to be there and he's there, and you're like, oh right. my god, what? I like it got me. I was like, oh. also, can we just mention Matt Damon playing Loki in the play? <laughs> was it really? What do you mean, was it really? Yes. I didn't know that. What? <laughs> I, did, I never realized that. That's hilarious. Oh my God. You have to go back and watch again because that was like, I was crying, crying. <laughs> And, oh my gosh, yes. I'm just, I'm looking at this on, on IMDb. He, yeah. yeah. Loki actor, uncredited, Matt Damon. Yeah. I never realized and that's Sam hilarious. And Sam plays Odin. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. It's per. I can't believe you missed that. that. They're like close up on his face. I mean, I know he's wearing a wig, but it's him. 
Totally missed it. I was watching like out. Yeah, I was just looking at like the bigger picture of that and never realized who the actor was. Ah! Oh, that's great. That's great. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best thing that they could have done. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's funny. Oh, I love it. And then, you know who plays Thor is uh, Luke Hemsworth, his brother, Chris's yep. brother. And then Odin's played by Sam Neill, which is just, yep. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, and it's funny that Sam Neill's in this uh, along with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, I, I never realized, uh, I never realized that. That's, I mean, the, the, the cast for this truly is incredible. I mean, you, you know, we mentioned Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston and, and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Kate Blanchett, I mean, like, does an incredible job with Hella. I knock it out of the park. She was evil. She was the, the effects that they surrounded her with oh. were so. I mean, she like throws spears out of midair by her the hundreds against like the whole for the Asgardian army when you know, like, she's saying like bend and they won't. Um, yeah. Like the whole fight scene, because there's a scene in Wonder Woman when she's using the lasso that you can really tell the CGI. The rest of it is really yes. spotless, but except for that one part. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this might feel a little like that, but it like I, I was like, wow, this is really yeah. good. Um, yeah, she she did amazing. The only thing with with Hella is, um, and my my I was thinking this, and then afterwards, my wife had mentioned it. Um, the whole look of Hela is very uh, maleficent looking with the, well, the headpiece. I mean, she sort of has to because she's goddess of death. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I think it it's, it's set it's apart enough. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a detractor or anything, but it was that was what I and even though I had seen the imagery uh, before the movie, but in the movie itself, that actually hit me. I'm like, oh, hey, this kind of reminds me of another thing. Interesting. That didn't remind um, me of that at all, but I can see. I can see where that would just the like horns and the dark and everything. Yeah. I can see that now that you say that, but it just definitely didn't come to me in the movie. But I mean, I can't imagine anyone else playing Hella because she just really, I mean, she's like, you sort of almost want to like her. You want like, you're yeah. like, it's their sister. Like, let's, let's get together. Like almost like Loki, but you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <gasps> There's a small bit of tragedy to it that... Uh-huh. She basically was following what Odin told her to do. Yeah. And so now you have this whole different story that Thor and Loki didn't know about Odin, that Odin was a warmonger. Yeah. For years. And he basically brought Hela up as as his his lieutenant in destroying entire races and conquering worlds and all this stuff. And then somehow Odin had a change of heart, and they never really, at least I never picked up on why he had this change of heart, but she kept on doing what he raised her to do, and eventually said, ah, yeah, you know what, you're too bad, I'm going to banish you. Yeah. So there's this little bit of tragedy to her that she was essentially duped by her own father at some point. Regardless of the fact that she was doing really evil shit. And so she gets sent away to someplace. We don't know where. And then it, it was essentially Odin's own magic, his own ability that kept her at bay. And, and, you know, so then she came back. Well, and I thought it was a really powerful scene when she's ripping down the ceiling, the ceiling artwork oh, that's yeah. depicting their history and, and yes. saying, like, you know, 
look at what Odin did, you know, basically whitewashing their history and, and covering yeah. it up. And then you see like her and Odin together are just, I just thought that part was very powerful. And then again, when like Thor comes in to at the very end, when Thor comes in and he sees it and he's sort of like, did I know my father, you know? Yeah. I thought that was, I just like those moments, those moments really made it like, I think took it from a guardians of galaxy and elevated it into the realm of like a cap, like civil war, like winter soldier, where you're really getting those like heart wrenching realizations, but like mixed with the humor where I don't think that necessarily guardians of the galaxy hits those moments quite as hard. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think that they're a little bit more soft on those hard-hitting stuff, moments of like sure. emotional impact. Whereas this one was yeah. like, "Oh, um, are you ready to have your heart ripped out? Watch this." <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make you laugh about it, so you'll feel really good leaving. <laughs> well, and story-wise, I mean, one, I was wondering, okay, Hela is insanely powerful. I mean, she so she destroyed Thor's hammer. Yes. Oh, that part was so good. I know we saw it in the trailer, but it was still even really good in the theater. Yeah, she she in this first encounter, she defeated Thor and Loki with with without even breaking a sweat. Kicked him out of the Rainbow Bridge, which I didn't even know you could do. Who knew? Who do, we know now? We've learned so much. And so then we we see her flex her muscles even more once she gets to Asgard and essentially just decimates the entire planet. Yeah simultaneously Thor and and then we discover Loki um although they're under different circumstances are now in on this other world and you think okay Thor is in the situation that we we don't quite know how he's going to get out of it yeah and she is controlling Asgard and and just destroying everything she comes across that that opposes her and you're thinking, all right, how how is how is this whole thing going to... You have two different storylines. You knew they had to come together. You didn't know how that was going to happen. And then you didn't know how they were going to resolve. So that was a big challenge there. Um, obviously, the the key person in terms of the whole interdimensional or, or inner world travel uh, is Heimdall, oh. uh, played by Idris Elba. And Heimdall, oh. probably aside from Loki is my favorite character from all the Thor movies. Me too. Even though, yeah, even though he's always had these very minor roles, they're still very important. Well, he he elevates every scene he's in just by being him. Like, he's just amazing. And I feel the same way. Like, re-watching them, I was like, I just can't have enough Heimdall in my life. Like, I want so much more. (laughs) And I feel like they delivered on this one to give him his whole, like, arc of being sort of part of the revolution and everything. I loved where they went with Heimdall. Yeah. And he had a much bigger part of this story than he had in the first two even combined. He was really, he was, he was a pivotal character for a lot of this. Which he should have always been because he's so, he is pivotal. I mean, to the, if you think about what his role is to see everything, I think we were always building up to giving him that like elevated position. But this is, I mean, I I hope to see more. I hope he really like, you know, now that, now that we know where they are and where they're headed, um, I hope that they don't underutilize him given the size of the cast that's going to be an infinity war. I hope that he still maintains like a piece of that. But, um, yeah, I yeah, loved how they set up the two, like you were saying, the two different landscapes going into it with Asgard and then um, Sakaar, right? 
I believe so, yeah. Um, because then you could set up, first of all, Scourge, <laughs> played by, <laughs> um, played by uh, Carl Urban. You wanted to hate the character through the but whole you movie. Can't. You can't because it's Carl Urban and he's wonderful. Again, another person that elevates his, just by his simple oh, presence. Yeah. Well, and you could tell that he was like morally torn through the whole thing, but his his own inner person was just so damn self-serving that he's like, yeah, I found someone who liked me. I'll do whatever they want me to do. Yeah, Boy, that could, seems kind of wrong. Ah, screw it. I'll do what they want me to do. <laughs> you could see a little bit of like a mercenary, like a Boba Fett situation. Like I could see him being a little Boba Fettish, where he's like, yeah, I'll take a job. I don't care what it is. But um, yeah, I feel now we don't really get the like moral ambiguity of Boba Fett, but I feel like there there right. is in him, and so I think that's who I you know I don't know just thinking about it now that's who it makes me think of. He's, he's sort of like a mercenary Boba Fettish sort of person that's like. I'll just go where this takes me and kill yeah. who I need to kill. <laughs> yeah. Although um, a lot of his seem to be like almost emotionally driven. Yeah. You know, low self, like, I mean, kind of your very typical low self-confidence kind of person who just, oh, hey, this person's showing me some attention. I'm going to go do the things that they want me to do, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah. And, and it showed he had a nice, very obviously a nice redemption at the end of the movie. Um, which was very fitting for the character. Beautiful. I love that. Lizzie. Yeah. I know you want to talk about her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're so excited. I'm so excited. Talk about Valkyrie. Um, for, first of all, my hair is currently in my Valkyrie hair right now. It's this true. My Valkyrie warrior hair. And I will be doing Valkyrie warrior makeup for like the rest of my life. Katha um, <laughs> Thompson playing Valkyrie was uh, everything that I could want for Thor's future love. <laughs> better be. <laughs> um, I just, from her very first entrance where you're like, yes. And then she falls off the ramp. <laughs> Cause she's drunk. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> and she like, like sticks her hand in a dead animal carcass. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't. I just, Every, and then she's like, oh, okay, we got it back together. Now I'm going to kick your ass and kill all of you. <laughs> and then just like. How about that ship? The whole gun thing on the ship that was she, like badass. When she mad, like what's that robot movie with um, Hugh Jackman where they're like the big robots and they do the punching. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, that the, made the, me yeah, think like of that. The boxing. Yes, yes. The yep. boxing robot movie. I was like, hey, yep. hey, that ship's one of those boxing robots. That was so cool. Um. And then for the reveal that she's Asgardian, because we don't know who she is in the beginning. We only know that she's a scavenger. And then we find out yep. she's Asgardian. And not only that, but she's one of the Valkyries, which is one of the, like, seminal Norse myths that goes with Thor and Asgard and all of those kinds of, like, classic myths um, with Odin and everything. And so then you find out that she's fought Hela in the past. All the other Valkyries have been lost, and she's basically the only one, and she's just trying to survive, which brought her into the presence of the Grandmaster. Um I just, I want so much more of her forever and ever. <laughs> she was awesome. She did an incredible job. I love the character of Valkyrie. I love the, I, she's a, she was a torn, damaged character. You know, having faced Hela before, and I mean, this also kind of shows this this skewed reality of 
Asgard and Asgardians that she was very clearly she's very clearly much older than Thor. Right. You know, she she was of a fighting age when she was in her prime as as one of when when she when she first fought Hela. Right. Not when you're dealing with the gods. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. She had that experience and she essentially ran. I mean, that's that's what it came down to. She saw everyone else die around her and she and survived she, and she survived and she peaced out. She had a lot of survivor's guilt that she carried with her. Thus the escapism, the drinking, the, you know, basically spending her time on this world fighting, watching these games and doing this fighting and, and all that stuff. And that's how she made a living. So really interesting and, and very torn character. I'm not sure what to think about the relationship between her and Hulk. I loved it. There was a comedic part to it, but story-wise, I'm not sure I understood it. You mean, what do you mean? What part? Well, I, I mean, just what did it do? I'm not, I'm not completely sure what it did. It was a, oh, okay, hey, they're friends. I think, I think all that did was create a catalyst for Thor to have continued interaction with her. Which works for me. Yeah, which I guess is fine. But so if he, if she's the scavenger that brought Thor in, I mean, uh, that brought Hulk in to the Grandmaster's mm-hmm. presence and trains him, she trains him. And then I, I mean, I loved the part where like Banner didn't know who she was and she didn't know who Banner was because oh, yeah, yeah. she knew Hulk, yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And so if yeah, they're yeah. trained together, and you know, and they're friends. Uh, which is interesting because if she's the one who sort of brought him into his capture, the fact that they stayed friends. But um, yeah, you would think that Hulk wouldn't want to be friends with her, but Hulk very clearly came to relish the existence that he was in. He had everything he wanted. Right. If you think of how of how uh, Hulk is, <laughs> I almost said, <laughs> I almost put uh, Hulk and Thor together. And just put those names together like Brangelina. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> it made me. It made me think that, like you know, that's Hulk's purpose. That's that's his entire life's purpose. Mm-hmm. When and so he's really utilizing his entire skill set as Hulk to be a champion fighter like that. So I could see yeah. how he'd be like, "Cool, you found me my good job." <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, he was while he was a captive, he was still living the life. as a king. I mean, he had the proverbial penthouse. Um, fairly lavish lifestyle that he was living, and it seemed he could do whatever he's like. Oh, I, 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 I need to go train, and he'd go train, and then he would go fight, and he would destroy people, and it was yeah, it was kind of an interesting existence that he had. I have a question for you. Go for it. What did you think about the reveal of Hulk being in this movie from the trailers? You mean what did I think was going to happen or what did I think of the overall? Do you think it was too much of a spoiler to put Hulk in the trailer for the movie? No, because I think that we all sort of I think I think that everybody wondered out of Civil War what Hulk and Thor were doing. Mm -hmm. And so for the trailer to answer that question, it makes perfect sense to me that they would have ended up together. I mean, it just I don't know why I just already thought that they probably were. Because, you know why? Because of the, do you remember the little teaser, like, one shot that they did on YouTube where Thor and, well, Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo are sitting there being Thor and Hulk. And yeah. 
Yeah. And Thor's like, have you heard from the guys? And he's like, no. Oh, it's Tony calling. Oh, no, he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to you. So I yeah. think they set, like, breadcrumbs a little bit um, that they were going in that direction for me. So I was already mm. prepared for that. And, again, it's the big question everybody was asking. So to answer it in the trailer and have you with that anticipation going into it, I thought it made, I thought it made sense. And it made my anticipation for the movie itself even higher. So I thought it was a good move marketing-wise, and I don't think they gave too much away. I mean, that one scene where he's like, yes, we're friends from work! Exa- but that's such a big scene, and so, I mean, I'm kind so of torn. Funny. I, I, I see sense. both sides of it. On one hand, that's a big reveal. And even, even if we knew that Hulk was going to be in the movie, that moment of that reveal is big for the movie. That's really big. But on the other hand, yeah, I agree. That's a it's a it was a smart marketing thing because that probably drew a lot of people. One, the the reveal, oh hey, we get to see Hulk in this as a gladiator, and that's really cool. And oh, he's gonna fight Thor, and that's even cooler. And oh, funny moment, and that makes it even better. So I mean that that 15, 10 seconds that they showed in that trailer was probably, they had awesome return on investment for that. 100%. And if I was cutting a trailer, I would use it too. Because yeah. I, yeah. because all of the subtler moments of like finding out that Hulk has been Hulk for two years and yeah. that he doesn't yeah. even, like didn't know how that happened. And then, uh, you know, like when he becomes Banner and just those subtler moments, you're not giving away those big things. And I think given where we're at with the MCU. Um, the sun's going down this. The sun's going down. The sun's so going down. The sun's getting low. <laughs> like that, like oh, that part was hilarious. But I think, um, I think, given where we're at with the with the level of MCU and the level of the actors, if they weren't unknowns and could get away with being in a movie without everybody knowing about it, I'd say like, okay, keep it a secret. But they're never going to get away with that. True. It's on IMDb from the get go. So you, even if you right. look at the cast list, you're already going to know. So I think. If there was a way to keep it a secret back in the day, I think that they probably would have, and it would have been like mind-blowingly epic, and nobody would have known, and you would have walked out like. But we are in a time when that doesn't work. We know everybody. We know everything. We've seen pre-production. We've seen pictures. Whatever yeah. we know. But my perspective isn't so much from keeping it a secret. It's that reveal, that particular scene, because in the movie, that scene has so much power behind it. But having seen the trailer is like, okay, so I'm sitting there in the theater. I'm like, oh, well, th- this is going to happen now. You know, we know yeah, what's, but it was we know who's behind that door. And the door is going to, you know, get pounded open. And there's Hulk and he's going to jump out. And Thor's going to say, oh, hey, we know each other, friend from work. And okay, I've seen that a gazillion times in the trailer. Yes, it's still funny, but I almost feel like we were robbed of that reveal in the theater. You know, I would have liked to have, I would have liked to experience that in the theater. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing I'm a little disappointed with, but I do get the marketing aspect of it. It was was also a very powerful marketing scene. Yeah. And I don't know what else they would have necessarily used to, to portray, like to tease that much the Thor, the Thor Hulk meeting as much as that one scene. But I will say, I also think that the, the, main thing of that scene and maybe the reason why they floated it out there was it's not really the Thor Hulk meeting 
that is the thing of that that whole encounter. It's Thor's discovering his 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 lightning power yes. outside of his hammer. So I think that that's like really the focus of that scene. So to take so to to strip away the like shock of seeing Hulk right. with the trailer really enhances the shock of like him with the lightning eyes and the like that part was like to be epic. the god so, of thunder and and as the 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 spirit of Odin told them later on, you don't need the hammer. The hammer was nothing more than a focal point. You know, what are you the god of? I love when he goes, who are you, Thor, god of hammers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so part. So that was big. And and when that happened in the arena with Hulk, my that my first thought was, that's how he beats, or that's how he beats uh, 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 Hela. And then he didn't. You know, and well, yeah, and he and he didn't. Interestingly enough, it had to be something else. But I thought, well, okay, this is now a power that he has that can rival hers. Right, but it could never beat hers because both of their powers come from Asgard. Which, leading up to the finale, is brilliant to set it up as Ragnarok, which is this thing that has nothing to do with Hela and nothing to do with you know Thor, or Loki, or even Odin. It really has to do with the the end of Asgard, which is like. Which is yeah. beautiful symmetry to where they start the movie and where they end the movie because you think, oh, they stopped Ragnarok, we're good, the end of it. Um, yeah. Thor is going to have to defeat Hela another way. Now he has his lightning power. We know how he's going to do that. And then at the end, it's it's all inconsequential. And it's something else. So it's it's they kept us guessing or the, the, the assumptions that we thought we would make. Because even honestly, I thought, okay, the key to Thor getting out of this planet is going to be Hulk. And right. it wasn't. And it wasn't and that it was, either. <laughs> and it was it was Banner, but also some teamwork with Valkyrie and oddly enough Loki, which we could never completely know what was gonna happen with Loki, and still in the end Loki screwed him, but this time this time Thor actually knew it was gonna happen. Um and he used the the shocky thing, which was fantastic. Can we talk about Thor calling themselves the Revenger? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm putting together a team, the Revengers. <laughs> I I just thought like everything that they could like sort of flick at of like making fun of themselves in a way of like putting together a team, which yeah. is what they keep doing in Marvel, like from Guardians of the Galaxy to Avengers to Defenders to across the board. Yeah. Um they really just flicked at it and were like, yeah, who cares? That's what we do, but let's make a joke out of it. Let's make it funny and fun because that's what we're all expecting. And it, Well, and essentially, it, yeah, it, it, it was the franchise making fun of itself, yeah. which, which was great. And, and I think that was a big piece of a lot of this. We, we've talked about some of the humor in this. And yeah, a lot of people have said that, that well, gee, this is very Guardians of the Galaxy-ish. Um, which, yeah, I can pick up on a lot of that to an extent. That's also not a bad thing. It needed... Not a bad thing. And it's also only in, like, tone and maybe trailer, like the color schemes and the, you know, that kind of stuff. But the actual story itself has nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. No, the, the story and it's completely doesn't. separated. Um, I liked the integration of the music. I love I it. think that was a great thing. Led Zeppelin's and, Immigrant Song. Yeah. And that's Amazing. the music is very Guardians ish, you know, integrating actual, you know, some some pop music in into it uh, into the score. I thought is a is a good move, and a lot of the feel of it was. But yeah, I don't think any of it was to excess. I don't think it was in a bad way. 
Um, clearly, Guardians did extremely well. And Thor, right. considering the fact that Thor has had two movies out there, they were probably the lowest performing movies um, of, of, of the MCU. And so they really needed to pick it up. They knew they needed to integrate more humor. They knew that they, well, you have another space-bound character, and the Guardians are space-bound, so we need to fit that in. And the other MCU movies had more humor in them. For all the action and seriousness of things that they did, they had more humor, and that was missing quite a bit from the other Thor movies. So uh, they Especially Thor 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes, Thor 2 was just... Darcy might have been the only funny part of that yes. whole movie for like two lines, and I don't even like Cat Dunnings that much. So, but it was they they found I think their I think they had to rediscover the formula to to put this movie together, and it just worked well. And there were parts of this movie that were not so predictable. Um, there were parts of it that that well, a lot of this movie was insanely enjoyable. It, it just, it worked. Um, there was a, a big feeling to this that I got in certain aspects that were, uh, particularly when they were escaping before they were, uh, while they were on their way to um, uh, the to the devil's anus, um, <laughs> that felt very Flash Gordon-y. Mm, I was getting sure. like this major Flash Gordon vibe from this whole dogfight with the spaceship kind of thing. Like that's all I could feel from it, which which is fine. That's cool, but that was what I was getting. So, uh, yeah. So there, were, you you did mention that you you took your niece and your nephew. How'd you do with the uh, the the phrase uh, "devil's anus" and uh, an orgy? That, that were um, they didn't ask questions, so I didn't have to explain anything. And their mom was there with there us, go. so I was like, well, I don't have to say it. If they have any questions about devil's anus, they could ask their there mom. You go. And their grandpa was with us, so I had a double buffer. Even better. Um, I think a lot of the symbolism of shedding the weight of the other two movies was really prevalent, not only with cutting Thor's hair, which I think was like the main sort of flag post thing to say like this is different like this is completely different but also um you know thor loses his eye from hella and and gains the eye patch sort of to give more of an odin look um and so he and i said i think just like continually by getting rid of jane getting rid of earth getting rid of you know eric and darcy and sort of everything that's grounded thor in yeah. the other two movies to, to make them feel like, oh, it's, you know, this is a Thor movie. Part of injecting that Guardians of the Galaxy spirit into it is going to bridge a huge gap getting into Infinity War because you have to somehow get everybody together and everybody, ha- it has to make sense and you have to, and the only one that fell out of place was always Thor because he was much more Shakespearean and and highbrowish, and so everybody else, I feel like felt felt like puzzle pieces that were working together. And Thor was the only one that didn't fit as well. And now, he, not only does he fit, but he really bridges everything together by being the one that's going to, you know, be out in space with the Guardians, like you were saying. But he's also a member of the Avengers, so he's going to be the bridge between everybody. So to change his tone, to cut his hair, to make him lose an eye, to to gar- crown him king of Asgard, going into this with the ship full of Asgardians with the whole Revengers team. <laughs> um, it was a brilliant move, and it was exactly what Thor needed because another, like, a 
Thor 3 where it's like Andy go back to Earth and blah, blah, blah with Jane and whatever. I mean, he really needed a shit. I love Natalie Portman. I was telling you a little bit of this before, but I love Natalie Portman. She's wonderful. She's a great actress. I love her as Padme. I liked her as Jane, but there's no way in hell that I shipped no. them together J- at all. Jane weighed down the character of Thor. He kept, he, yeah. it was this obsession that he kept going back to. And it was no, I mean, from a character perspective, it was not good for him. Yeah. And from, uh, you know what? Like Jane, I feel like Jane in the MCU could really have her own, uh, you know, like she's a part of the MCU still. So I feel like the, there could be stuff with her that could be really strong. I just like, I don't buy Thor and her together. And I've always, even in Thor 1 and 2, I was like, why isn't Thor with a warrior? Why isn't he with right. Lady Sif? So for him to get with, you know, I mean, they're not together in the movie, but let's just be honest, <laughs> something's going to happen. <laughs> something's happening between him and Valkyrie. Because they're, although I was also shipping her a little with Loki when they have their fight and he like shows her, you know, the flash oh, of her yeah, past. Yep. So, I mean, I could totally um, be on board with her being with either of the uh, brothers of Asgard, but. She going to be with somebody is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like she going to be in oh, love yeah, with somebody. Yeah. What do you think about Thor without a hammer though? I dig it so much. Like I really feel like he was so – it was such – again, a seminal part of the past character sort of like tentpole thing that was like Thor. And so to shed that weight of having – only being able to use the hammer for your power. And that line, it just really got to me that, like, are you Thor god of hammers? You know, it's like he's not. And so to have the hammer be so linked to him, I love the hammer. I love all the jokes about the hammer. I love trying to think of, like, if the hammer was on an elevator, would the elevator move? Would that make the elevator worthy? Like, I love that conversation. I love that. But to shed him, like, to break him of the thought that he has anything holding him down as a god... A girl, a hammer, a whatever. Like, I love that he's free from that. And so I think he becomes, instead of being, you know, like a footnote Avenger, he becomes, like, baller. You know what I mean? Like, in one fell swoop. And so I just, I really think it changed the game for him. And I love it. I love when his eyes start glowing and he gets all, I was like, I want, I want to be, I want Thunder, I mean, uh, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, if you took, um, Take Thor and and you you cross him with Storm from the X Men, and so you have kind of a, yeah. a lot of similarity there. I gotta say though, I'm still I'm missing the hammer. The hammer is aside from from the fact that he was using the hammer as a focal point for some other powers. That the hammer does other things for him. And it it was a great weapon and it, you know, he even talked about in the film, well, the the hammer would help me fly. I would spin it around and, you know, do a throwing thing, but still hold on to it and it would help me fly. And, you know, he did so many things with the hammer. I would love to see, and, and I'm trying to think ahead, okay, Infinity War, sure, he can throw lightning out of his ass, but he still needs a weapon. So I'm wondering if... Well, I mean, but lightning is the weapon, don't you think? Like, he doesn't need the hammer to be able to fly even, I don't think. The the lightning is a weapon, but still, Thor without a hammer is just a... I mean, that that hammer is so iconic. Even And not just, you know, outside of of the comics, the the Norse myth of... Norse mythology. Thor is Thor's hammer. So 
I'm hoping that like maybe Doctor Strange is able to recraft something for him or something like that because because I think like he a, needs his hammer back. I I mean I could 100% see him getting one one back in the future, but I think he had to lose it in order to become the person he needed yes. to become. So I appreciate them not keeping the hammer and not allowing it to be a barrier for the storytelling and saying like, Oh, we can't get rid of the hammer. And that moment, I know, again, I know we saw it in the trailers, but it was, it was just as powerful for me seeing it in the theaters and everything that led up to Hella just grabbing it and catching it and smashing it. And yep. just you being like, Oh shit. Like, yep. <laughs> and of course she can, because she's got Asgard's powers as well. And that hammer is representative of Asgard. And so of course she can bust through it. I just realized, though, that where she did that was in Norway. So Doctor Strange yeah. very easily could go back there, essentially pick up the pieces, and then use some weird, funky magic to, you know, reforge it. I could see him in Infinity Wars being like, you're going to need this. Yes. And, like, give him the hammer. Like, yes. as a side note, as a funny, like, yeah. it, it, I don't yeah. feel like it needs to be like, oh, <laughs> You know, like, I feel like it's going to be like you dro- you dropped your hammer, Thor. Yeah, but then <laughs> like, the interesting thing is, so if he were to do that, would the same thing, because remember, no one could pick up Thor's hammer. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Doctor Strange can't physically pick it up, but he can move it with magic. Or he can reassemble it, but maybe. not pick it up. Yeah. Or just. Yeah, maybe his magic can do it, but he can't, something like that. I could see them writing explanations and making it work. I mean, I love the creative things that they did story-wise with the hammer. So, like, early in the very beginning of the movie when he's fighting the dragon, and the the dragon picks him up in his mouth, and Thor just drops his hammer inside the dragon's mouth, and the dragon right to the ground. You know, that was fantastic. And then Thor's like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. So he starts running away and then puts his hand up to catch the hammer and, you know, and gets out of Dodge. That was great. And then also when he's with Doctor Strange and it's disguised as an umbrella. Yeah, he holds his hand up. He's like, hang on a second. Just sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So and you hear all the crashing in the background. I love that. I love that. I mean, that was that was great stuff. So I do. I personally, I'm I'm mourning the loss of the hammer. Mm, mew, mew. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the hammer, too. And, again, you said it's very iconic, and I could, I get it. Um, but, again, I really think it was super important for him to lose it, just like his hair, just like his eye, just like everything he thought about Odin and Jane and Earth and everything, and just stripping him down and being like, what's really behind this character, and finding out that it's awesome and that we're going to need a whole lot more of it. And so if Chris Hemsworth thought he was going to be done after Infinity Wars, he better <laughs> not. So it's not going to work yeah. out for me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I yeah, need I him agree. to be in it for much longer. <laughs> what was your What was your favorite part of the movie? Oh, so many parts. Um, I mean, as far as characters, obviously Heimdall and Valkyrie were my two favorites, but also Thor, which I did not expect. Um, because, I mean, I, I love Chris Hemsworth, but I was like, meh, you know, whatever, but elevated Mm -hmm. so high in my estimation like Mm -hmm. love him and i already loved loki so he was already up there um so character wise really valkyrie and heimdall was really excited to for them um and then favorite part oh i really liked the part 
where they're trying to escape into the devil's anus, and Valkyrie is like jumping ship to ship and just kicking ass. Yes, and so it's like, yeah. I'm gonna go help her. And then like he goes up, and they're like both doing it together, and then they like jump up and have that yes, little like yeah, shipper yeah. moment, and like just yes, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Them finding out their like Asgardian rhythm, I was like, Yes, I want to be out there too. I better go help. That's how I felt. I was like, Get me up there. Um, and then I really, really, really liked the like just the I love the like wide shots they did that almost looked like 300 mm. artwork, yes, like yeah. from 300, where there's yes. the wide shot where you mm-hmm. saw them coming down. I just I loved those scenes, I thought that they were. Very unique to the franchise. Very unique graphically. I mean, they did remind me of 300, but they still had their own, like, yeah. Thor-looking business going on. Um, and just, like, the, I don't know, just the Revengers fighting together. I love when the team is together. It makes me yeah. so happy. Um, and so just when they finally are all on the bridge and they're facing Hela, and, like, I just, like, I get so excited about that. So, like, yes, there more of it. There so many... I, I mean, easily half of this movie, if not more, was fight scenes. It was because it was just battle yeah, after battle. After, and whether it was a one-on-one thing of Thor versus Hulk or these little moments of Thor versus Loki or massive epic battles of, you know, armies of people versus armies of people or sometimes just Thor versus armies of people. Yeah, or Hela versus armies of people. I mean, it was incredible. And... and yeah, to, to your to your point of the the direction and the effects that brought these things together and brought the backgrounds and the 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 main focal points together and how the camera work was done and and everything else. I mean, it was just awesome. It was just absolutely awesome. Yeah, I agree. One of my other favorite parts was when right after he goes and has his like inner moment with. Uh, Odin and he's like God of, are you the god of hammers and then you see his eyes light up and he just yep. busts Hulk in the face like that part I was like I could watch that 75 times oh, and be yeah. completely yeah. happy with life because I just that I something about the way his eyes just light up in that part and and just you could see the the electricity circling his arms first of all his arms are a work of art themselves like wh- who has arms like that <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth from the first Thor movie and now and the dude is jacked now. Oh. I mean, his arms are like twice the size. The guy is huge. Every single muscle he has expanded like times five. Yeah. Because I, I felt the same way because I had just yeah. watched Thor with the kids. Like I said, wildly different. Plus his like his horrible eyebrows and hair <laughs> in the first movie are horrible. They're so light and like they don't match his face at all. So yeah. they really like worked on. I mean, the hair, the hair just really also just a fangirl for a moment. <laughs> Um, home slice is hot as hell. <laughs> like, what? I don't think he's a real person because I just don't think they make people look like that because he's just... Gah. I made this Gah. noise. <laughs> it's amazing how they refreshed Gah. this character by using the same actor from the same place with a lot of the same supporting characters, yet... This main character is like a totally new character. It's like it's a rebooted Thor with the same people. 
And I think Thor really works in the context of the Avengers and didn't feel as boring in Avengers or Age of Ultron because he has the group. And whenever you have a group dynamic, you need somebody to be the straight man. You need somebody to be the butt of the joke or whatever. Like, you know, Tony's always making fun of Thor and calling him point break and stuff and Shakespeare or whatever. (laughs) Damn it, Stark. Um, Point break. So he works in (laughs) point break. So he really works in the context of the Avengers as a whole and really brings a lot to the table as far as an Avenger goes. But his standalone movies are they're not as engaging. If you look at any Captain America movie, any Iron Man movie, except for Iron Man 2. uh, I can't stand Iron Man 2, Um, except for the introduction of Black Widow. But the rest of it sucks. Um, It's just not as they're just not as strong. And you don't walk away from him being like, I need more Thor after those. But this is like, I can't wait yes. till Infinity War because he's going to be back in it. I mean, I'm excited about everybody else, but I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Be, not only because he's going to be back, but you know he's going to And he's going to be with the rest of the crew. And it's he's everybody's going to be like, what happened, Thor? Yeah. And there's still all this up and down with Loki. And you can just yes. anticipate that in Infinity War, how many times is Loki going to change sides? You know, and right. I think right. we all realize that deep down Loki isn't a bad person, but he's right. just so damn self-serving, he can't help himself. And broken by the past that Odin created for him. So it's almost yep. those like scenarios when you, maybe a little bit different, but like, you know, when you find out about like a serial killer and then you find out their past and you're like, is it really all them or was some of that created and there's yeah. something in there that you yeah. can still latch on to and say like if only they had been given a shot to be better then maybe they would have chosen that and I think that that moment in the elevator really got me when he was when Thor was like Loki I thought the world yeah. of you and I feel like that was a real even though he betrayed Thor after that it was still a turning point because he still came back mm-hmm. and helped them yeah. you know and so I feel like he may change sides, but I think he. I hope that we see him be for Thor more often because it's he's so strong and powerful when he chooses that side and chooses to stand by his brother. And I love their interactions. It just elevated. Yeah, yeah, elevated. they're really fantastic. It's. Um, I I think they just create a lot of terrific background for this whole thing. I, I mean, I've been trying to think of my favorite. I don't know that I have a favorite scene in the movie. I think there's there's just so much. You could pick so many. And they did one of the funniest things to me because it was like you were anticipating what was going to happen, and it and it became totally different and really funny. Was uh, on Asgard when uh, Bruce and um, and Valkyrie are in the ship above the bridge. Yes. And 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 Bruce says. Yeah, I got this. I can do this. And he jumps out of the ship and you're expecting, you know, the the as 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 it's put in Deadpool, uh the superhero landing. Yes. You know, that you're just going to you're not going to see the transformation, but you know, you see Bruce jump out and you're going to see Hulk land and Hulk's going to smash. No, Bruce just boom lands flat out on the rainbow bridge and it was absolutely incredible. Gosh, that whole scene was, that was hilarious. I mean, you expected Hulk and you didn't get yeah. Hulk. And it was just, oh gosh, it was so funny. When again, one of those points where they, um, they have the tension and then they break it with humor. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's tough to pick a scene. I think it's tough to pick a favorite scene, but those those would be my favorites. Um, and anything that Jeff Goldblum touches is oh yeah, pure gold. yeah. Every interaction he has with anybody. When he's like, um, when he's talking to the one woman, and he's like, "What was I just saying about her?" Starts with a B, and she's like, "Trash." And he's like, "Now, why would you? Were you just waiting to say that?" Because I was gonna say best. Maybe you didn't get it. Yes. <laughs> you said you you've been waiting to say that, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you'll guess it. It starts with a B. <laughs> Those are again quintessential. Jeff being Jeff. Oh yeah, when when he and Loki are talking about recapturing Hulk and Thor, and there's something that Loki said that made the Grandmaster just kind of like it put him off a little bit, and uh, and and she she hands him the 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 scepter there that he disintegrates people with or liquefies. He's like, no, no, this, why would you hand me that? This isn't that serious. <laughs> Interrupted me. I don't want to disintegrate it. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. It I was mean, like this perfectly stitched film of of these great little moments that were built into this big epic. I mean, it was a. It truly was like an epic movie with everything that was in it. But it, they gave such attention to detail with all these little things. And it was just, it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed a lot of that. Um, did you have anything in the movie that you didn't like? Um, I was mentioning that I really missed Lady Sith mm. uh, getting any any sort of like explanation of where she might be, why she's not with the Warriors mm-hmm. 3, why she doesn't get taken out with them. Because I feel like, that is not her character at all. She would be by their side or she would be devastated to know that they had died. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that Thor's, you know, basically like sloughing off is his crew, you know, the Warriors three, all three get killed. Right. Um, right. And so for her not to have been a part of that, and I'm sure like I like part of me thinks it must be a contracting issue that she wasn't in it because there's no other reason for her not to from a creative standpoint sure. because she is the bridge between the MCU and Agents of Shield from back in season 1 mm-hmm. so to not capitalize on those like those like uh those strong points between I don't know, just as a very strong character and somebody that's a fan favorite as well everybody loves Jamie Alexander as Lady Sith and especially in um, in two, I really shipped Thor with her. I was like, dump Jane and go with Lady Sif because you belong with the warrior. Yeah. I mean, now I'm all yeah. for Valkyrie, but <laughs> I still love Lady Sif. And I just think that her presence was sort of like absent and missing. And I wish I had had an explanation, but I also understand not like not having her because it's sort of, I don't know. For me, it was like a little bit implied that she's in the same status as, the Warriors 3, Fandle, Fandle and the other two. Um, so, I don't know. I was like, where is she? But then I was like, well, I sort of get yeah. it, too. Yeah. Um, but that was one part I was really missing. Uh, as far as... I did think that there might have been a little bit more of a tie-in into Infinity War. I mean, they did the fake gauntlet thing, you know, when they were... When Hela's in the vault, yes. which I thought was funny. Yep. And... But, the, but then Thor basically... In the very beginning when he's saying, like, telling, oh, I wonder what is Thor doing in a cage, la, la, la. And he's like, basically, I ran off to chase some stones. That didn't happen. Nothing happened there. And I was like, well, <laughs> you just basically said that your whole mission after Age of Ultron was for naught. Like, so you're not even building on the Infinity War thing there. I mean, I know, obviously, the end credits 
pre-end credit scene got us a little further. But um, I just was like, well, okay. So especially with Doctor, uh, not Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, not building any bridges oh, at yeah. all to Thanos. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like Black Panther is going to have to do a lot of carrying, and I want Black Panther to be able to be Black Panther on Wakanda and, like, rip our brains apart with how amazing it's going to be and not necessarily have to be laden down with a lot of bridge building. So I did expect a little bit more of it, but I know that we're going to get there, so I have faith. So I was like, eh, whatever. Minor, minor picking if I have to. I expected a lot more with that given the fact that this is a a cosmic bound character and i you know while i didn't necessarily expect anything any big tie-ins i did expect something more to happen now do you have the same assumption that i do that loki took the tesseract the mind stone with him when he left asgard i don't know i thought it was more i was gonna watching it both times i was like i'm not sure i really don't know it made it seem more to me like it was a temptation for him not to finish the mission and get his power, the, like the source of his mm-hmm. power, from and to get sort of his platform back in Avengers, rather than it being something that he would use in the future. But that's just what I took away from it because he ended up choosing the good side. So I was like, he chose right. So for me, I just moved on from the Tesseract, but I could totally see him having stolen it. I mean... Well, you know what? Also, he had to have because Asgard gets blown up and he has to. It's going to play a major role. Well, unless we see uh, Thanos, you know, go to the debris of Asgard and pick it up there. I'm imagining I'm I'm imagining Loki has Loki has never been tempted by power and left it on the table. That's true. Good point. I mean, that's that's Loki's character. Everything he does is self-serving. So if Loki's going to go down and, and get this skull crown thing and put it into the eternal flame to bring the, the big Satan dude back, I he's going to stop and say, oh, look, shiny thing. I'm going to take this with me. No one has to no one has to know a thing. I can't imagine him leaving it there. So I think that's that's the tie in back into this. But with that one, with that one stone, but it all, but it makes sense. Well, and would make sense for the big, you know, the pre end credit scene, uh, why that would sort of put them on the map for Thanos, you know, and sort of bridge that gap. But we only have Black Panther is our only movie between now and Infinity War. So we have a lot of ground to cover. We have one movie before Infinity War. So the fact that that, that, I mean, other than, the only thing I can think is that Thor meeting Thanos is going to be a huge uh, catalyst to get the Avengers involved. I don't know what gets the Guardians involved is the only thing that really seems out of place for me. I thought Doctor Strange might have bridged the gap to the Guardians. It didn't. I thought this might bridge the gap to Guardians. It didn't. The Guardians will get involved because um, the Nova Corps is holding... The, yeah, the purple one, What's right? that, the power gem? Right, but it's still, I mean, it's still a threat, like yeah. a farther thread than I thought that they, I thought they might unravel that a little bit, but. I think that, and it's interesting because Infinity War was supposed to be two movies, but it's, it's not. 
they're only going to do one movie. So, and I have to imagine they're going to spend the first hour of that movie with Thanos going around getting the gems. Well, we're also going to need to find out where everybody is at this point. Like Steve is off the map. Tony's been with, you know, mentoring Peter. Everybody's separated. And they're also going to bring in, you know, Doctor Strange. They're going to bring in Ant-Man. And I think the Wasp is in it. I don't even know. I think Captain Marvel's supposed to be in it. Black Panther's supposed to be in it. So you're even extending into the future of the MCU. But with one film, it makes no sense for it not to be two, first of all. Um, And you have a lot writing on Black Panther to be a bridge builder. And I want Black Panther to have his moment the way everybody else has had their first origin film. So it should have been on Thor's shoulders as a third movie to bridge more of the gap, even though I'm glad Mm -hmm. with what they did. It's just surprising. That's all. Well, and, and, you know, Black Panther obviously is an earthbound character, so there's only so much that they can do with it. Right. The only thing I can think of is that in... Uh, in Wakanda, they are in possession of one of the stones. Because we haven't seen all the stones yet either, I don't We're think. We're only missing one. So, so potentially, they're, they are in possession of one of the stones, which might be one of the reasons why they're able to build this you know incredible kingdom that's essentially masked from the rest of the world. So it might have something to do with that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But if anything, that's only going to be the reveal of, oh, hey, here's here's where this other stone is. I can't imagine that Black Panther is going to end up in this the cosmic side of, of the universe where there's Thanos and, and essentially the rest of these stones. So Infinity War is going to be a challenging movie. Like right now, I, I'm, I'm in anticipation of it. I don't see how they're going to pull it off. And I kind of feel like that movie is going to, you're going to sit down in the theater and feel like that movie is on fast forward through the whole thing. And they may be skipping over these wonderful little moments like we saw in Ragnarok for the sake of Thanos having to go around the galaxy and get all these gems in the first place. Because, you know, we know from the comics that the big epic thing in Infinity War is he has all the gems and all these heroes are fighting him. So, right. well, he's got to get them first. What we know now is he doesn't have yeah. them. <laughs> he doesn't even have one of them. So that's just crazy. I, I don't know how they're going to You gonna know a part that I'm I'm sort of, well, I mean, do we, is Hela dead? Do we think is she's dead? I mean, I think with the MCU, all bets are off, you know. Uh, all but bets are off and you can never world. say, I, I mean, what I would say, uh, certainly with any superpower being much less one that's labeled a god, I don't think you can write any of them off. Right. And if it serves the MCU to bring him back like Coulson for yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They'll do they'll it do anyway. It. They'll find but, um, it. Anyway. Right. One of the things in the comics that I thought that they might capitalize on is that Thanos falls in love with death. And I thought that, that Hela might be that, you know, because she's the goddess of death, that they might go somewhere mm. with that, which I thought would be super interesting. I mean, it would add way more than they have time to work in in like one movie. But that's what happens in the comics is he falls in love with death. And that's why... I think that's part of the reason why I'm, I haven't read the comics, but I do a lot of like background reading about characters, especially being so involved in the MCU yep. um, and being so engaged in it. So I do a lot of background reading. So I haven't read the comics, just full disclosure, but I do know a lot of those plot points that happen. And that's one of the ones that really intrigues mm-hmm. me. And um, I just thought that introducing Hela as the God of death might, the goddess of death might like lead into that and so uh, that would have been that would have been the perfect way to pull Thanos fully into Thor's movie and sort of 
catapult that a little bit more if if somehow Thanos and Hela got, you know. But, That's not a bad thought I mean, at who all. Knows? Well, I mean, but now we'd have to, you'd have to explain even more, given that Hel, from all we know, Hela died, um, you know, got blown up. So, And if Asgard was the source of her power, although if Asgard was the source of her power and Thor's power, does Thor still have, you know, Thor still has his power, so. Yeah. And if Asgard yeah. is not a place, it's a people, then that explains that she could still it's be living. A, and that's, that brings about actually a really interesting point that, if the power comes from Asgard, I don't know that the power would necessarily come from the people. So there still is a, even though Asgard, like what Odin said, is not a place, I still have to think that some of that is the place. I mean, there, the yeah, power. that the power the, does the come hammer. from hammer. Well, because that's what his whole thing was that Asgard makes her power stronger so you would think that thor's power would be tied to that in some way too yep. but, um i'm okay with it not being but i just thought that's something that was on my mind when i read when thanos first joined the party back in avengers when you really like started to ramp up before josh brolin was even attached to his voice mm-hmm. like every all of that i was like who's the thanos guy and so i started doing research on him and just read all about how he's in love with the goddess of death and the infinity gauntlet and blah 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 and then when I saw Hella, I was like, oh, my gosh, is they going to do it? I got so excited. And then I was like, oh, never mind. Um, that doesn't mean they still can't. But I would love to see that to give a villain a love story in a way. I sure. love when there's layers sure. to that. And that's why Loki, I mean, MCU has had a villain problem for a really long time. Except aside from Hella, aside from Loki, um, they really haven't mastered the villain yeah. thing. You know, Obadiah's. Well, yeah, whiplash. But no. they also keep on killing off villains, and I think that's that's a big yeah, issue with the MCU that they, you know, there's a possibility that um, huh, the 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 robot Iron Man's Ultron. Ultron, thank you. There's a possibility. I mean, almost like the Terminator thing. You know, like Terminator Two. If there's a little tiny bit of Ultron that exists, there's a yeah, chance that Ultron could Ultron. return. They're never bringing Ultron back, though. But, but beyond that, they have not only defeated every villain, they killed them off. Right. Red well, Skull, what the hell? Baron, Zemo. <laughs> yeah, and now Hela. I mean, to add to the, you yeah. know, when you could have really utilized her, subdued her, put her back in, like, sort of the... I mean, I know it's uh, not Marvel, but the Phantom Zone sort of, the Asgardian Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I'm really interested to see how they do it with one more Marvel movie between us and Infinity War. Yeah. How are they going to get there? I mean, I have full faith. I mean, nobody thought that Civil War was going to be what it was. And look True. at what it was. So many people, everybody was like, how are you going to fit this many people? How are you going to explain it? How are you going to get to that point? Yeah. And they did. It and it was movie. amazing. Yeah. Because there was a lot of rumor or a lot of speculation early on that Savor was supposed to be two movies. And they and they pulled it off very well in one. So, um, and, and even though it's different than what the comics were, I think it's still a great adaptation. And it's it stands well adaptation. on its own. Um, just to let you know, I'm looking through the cast listing for Infinity War. Uh, I do not see Kate Blanchett on there, um, but Tessa Thompson is rumored 
to be I, I already saw that she was going to be a part of it. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I want so much more of her. I would like a Valkyrie movie. You know what I would like is a pre-history Valkyrie, because there's a lot mm. of history in the Valkyrie that gave her life for her. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that she's in front and she's sacrificing herself for the Valkyrie that we know. And mm-hmm. so there's, it's, you know, this, this is what I tweeted earlier of like, and have been, have, have had on my mind. If I had to choose between being a Valkyrie and an Amazon, like which one would I choose? Ooh, because yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would be able to choose between going to Asgard and going to Themyscira. Partly because Thor's on Asgard, so I think that that would make me want to go to Asgard more than Themyscira. You also get flying horses. Well, uh, invisible Quinjets. Hello, I mean uh, not Quinjets, but invisible jets. Not in the movie, but we know that they're there. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I don't know. That would be really tough. But I have coined my new life goal, and it's a Valkyramazon. <laughs> I want to be a Valkyramazon, which is both of them together in a, like a, a best warrior ever. And that's me. All right. Okay. On that note, Valkyramazon. Valkyramazon. Um, Scale of one to ten. What's what's your rating of Thor Ragnarok? Oh, you know I hate the rating part. It's my least favorite part because I like all of them. Um, I'm gonna give it nine and a half out of ten gold blooms. <laughs> Did you see that one? The ten out of ten gold blooms. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why the half. Only because I feel like I have to save a little for where we're going. Like, like I feel like. Black Panther's gonna like just be like amazing. Um, not that Thor wasn't, and I don't. I just I don't know. I just feel like Star Wars is always a ten. So like most things don't get yeah. a ten. Yeah. What did I give Spider Man? I don't even know. Like an eight. I don't know. More than Spider Man. I liked it more than Spider Man. So whatever I gave Spider Man, give it like one more point. I'm than pretty that, sure but. you gave Spider Man a ten. No, I did not. I didn't because I said Star Wars is a ten, so I can't give it a ten. Okay. Unless I gave it a 10. I don't think I did. No. If I gave Spider-Man a 10, then I have to give Thor an 11, and this whole scale is skewed. Yeah, you, you can't do that. Okay. Whatever I gave it before, I'm taking it back, and I'm giving Spider-Man an 8. <laughs> and I'm getting Thor a 9.5, and, and Star Wars always gets a 10. That's Okay. It, it is tough. I mean... Soon after you see a movie, you have, I, I think we tend to have a greater impression of that movie, which right. then over time gets adjusted a little bit. Um, like, I mean, I'm really inclined to give Ragnarok a nine because I yeah. really can't find much fault with it. And I was severely entertained. It so was a really great movie. And there's so much depth to it and there's so much detail to it. And it was really good. Um but then when I compare that to other movies that I've rated a nine, it's, oh, well, I like those other movies more. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess my impression here is sitting around that eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I think it deserves it. I mean, when you walk out having laughed that much. Oh, yeah. I just don't think you do that in that many movies. And a lot of them are Marvel movies. So True. I don't even walk out laughing that much in Star Wars movies. And laughter is like the thing that elevates most of everything for me. But Star Wars is yeah. Star Wars is its own thing, and it's a ten always. Um, 
that is canon. <laughs> to movie rampage. Star Wars is a 10 for Lizzie. Canon. It's canon. You can take um, that to the bank. So, yeah. I, nine and a half. Solid nine and a half for me. Nine from you. Hi, Marks. Go see it, basically. We're saying we loved it. We're saying go see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What this, did you put in here? Trailers. Why did you put that on? Uh, well, that was my thought on the um, to talk about the the Hulk reveal in the trailer. Oh, whoa, 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 which yeah. we did. Okay, just checking. I want to make sure we didn't miss anything. No, no, I think we're good. Uh, but yeah, definitely go out and see this movie. It was. It's definitely entertaining. Um, certainly the best Thor movie out there, and one oh, of the best thought. MCU movies. I, I really think I they pulled it together really well. Well, that's a good. Quick question of, like, where in the MCU lineup does it fall for you in the 17 movies? That might be too big of a question to answer off the cuff. Um, Yeah, it probably is. Because, yeah, I'd really have to list those movies out and take a good look at it. I I think it's Blue Guardians. I think it's above Guardians for me, which was right next to Avengers is number one for me because first Avengers is, like... I just that for mm-hmm. me just changed everything as far as what you can do in movies, how you can cross over, how you can the most epic scale. Yeah. And I of course we we know now that you can go even further with Civil War and make it even more epic and then Infinity War will probably blow that out of the water, yeah. but um Civil War Avengers is first and then Civil War is really high, uh Winter Soldier is really high and Guardians was really high. So this is above Guardians maybe next to like parallel with the winter soldier, maybe a little bit above because it's funny, Mm -hmm. funny Trump's like emotion for me. (laughs) I'd always rather laugh than cry. And winter soldier is so heavy in a great way. Um, So I might put it up right near or next to civil war for me, but not at Avengers level because Avengers. Right. I would say, I mean, definitely off the cuff. This is in my top five uh, of, of MCU films and exactly where in there, where in there, I'm not sure. I don't think it's top three. It could be four, you know, it's at least five or, or at most five, I guess. Um, definitely to my top five for sure. Yeah. It deserves it. I think it really deserves it. Absolutely. So folks, uh, we definitely want to know your feedback and your thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. And on Movie Rampage, you know, what are your thoughts? This is our, our third episode, uh, or our third episode that's gone out to the world, I guess. Ah, oh, uh, so, the lost episode. Yes. <laughs> so let us know what you think. Send us some feedback. Uh, one of the ways you can do so is uh, by that email thing, um, which seems almost so old school now. Wait, in the movie when Thor's like, you could have sent me an electronic letter. And, oh, yeah. and Dr. Strange oh, yeah. is like, do you have a computer? And he's like, no, no why? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Ah, moments uh, like that. Yes, yeah, so you can send us uh, an electronic letter at uh, movierampage at randomchatter.com. But you have to have a computer to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you do have a computer, you can also find us at facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork as well as on Twitter. Um, and we have a couple of Twitter accounts where you can find us. One is our ran- our main Random Chatter Network um, Twitter handle, which is at Random Chatter. You can find us at Movie Rampage Pod specifically. And then individually you can find us at I'm at Nerd in the City and Tim is at. Qui-Gon Tim, that's Tim with two M's. And I love tweeting. Tim loves to bait me every single morning with a tweet. Every morning. <laughs> Some snarky tweet comes out of his Twitter, and I have to respond, and we have to spar all day. So if you enjoy that, 
gifs of like camel spitting and spongebob burying himself and basically Olympus. any way i can think to crush tim um <laughs> then join us on twitter because it's a party every basically every day um and you can also find all the rest of our shows that we talked about in the beginning at randomchatter.com if you want to hear um the other ones that we discussed which you should yeah and i just posted um a, another uh, what i'm calling episodes of my uh, about bond blog series uh, yeah, posted another about Bonds up there, uh, and this one is actually discussing the Bonds, the, the, the actors that portrayed them. So, uh, let's see. Make sure to spread the word and support us. We are a, a new podcast, uh, even though the Ram Chatter Network has been around for a long, long time. We are, in fact, a baby podcast, uh, and we appreciate you telling other people about us and supporting us. Um, you know, find other people who like movies and, and send them our way. Hopefully they'll like the stuff that we have to say and the way that we say it. Uh, leave us some great reviews on iTunes and Google Play. Click on all the stars. Write some good stuff. Um, friends, family, coworkers, total strangers, um, you know, tell them about us and, and the good things that we do. Uh, we do also appreciate some financial support, uh, which goes to the whole network. So it's not just our show here. But it helps take care of our, our server costs and our data storage costs and that kind of stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash random chatter. And we have perks associated with that. So if you throw money at us, we give you something back. Um, minimum contribution is a dollar a month. And with that dollar a month, we give you access to our Slack channel, which is a lot of fun. Uh, basically, it, it's a chat room um, with a bunch of little subrooms. In it, and you get to talk to hosts um, and, and staff and, and other fans who are in there. Uh, you can talk specifically about certain shows. You can talk about movies in general. You can talk about TV shows. You can talk about music, all sorts of good stuff. Um, whatever your interest might be, uh, you will find some folks in there with some common interests and have some great discussions, and it's a lot of fun. Um, going up from there in contributions, you can get access to some exclusive content that we throw out uh, on occasion um, or some other things. Liz will sign an Oompa Loompa and send it to you or something. She has a couple extra ones. No, no, they're all very busy. <laughs> they're all very in their indentured servitude. Yeah. No, no dental plan, I told you. No, no indentured. <laughs> I don't provide dental for my Oompa Loompa. No. <laughs> um, and also, the music you hear on this podcast is by Bearded Audio. Ian, thank you. You're the best. Um, so enjoy. That's it, people. Go out and watch some movies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>